It's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. That's right. This is the hour of doom and bloom. That's right, friends and neighbors. Welcome to the Doom and Bloom Survival Medicine Hour, a station of sanctuary in a sanctimonious world. With your hosts, Joe Alden, MD, and Amy Alden, ARNP of doomandbloom.net, the reader's choice source for both education and the best health savings account eligible medical kits for austere settings. Notice anything different? Yes, after a brief hiatus, we are changing our format. You're going to hear more frequent but shorter shows to get straight to the information you're looking for without a whole lot of housekeeping up front. Get her done. That's right. That (laughs) is absolutely what we're going to do. We want to get that information to you, and we don't want to waste your time time (laughs) or fill your heads with so much information at one time that you just can't absorb it. There you go. I need people to learn this stuff. But you know what? We'd like to keep our medical licenses, so here's a brief disclaimer. As fast as possible. All information and, and opinions of <laughs> <laughs> again. All information and opinions voiced on Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy's Survival Medicine Hour are for entertainment purposes only and do not represent medical advice or anything other than post-apocalyptic settings. We strongly urge our audience to seek modern and standard medical care whenever or wherever it is available. Wow. That was fast. Yeah. I and you didn't even speed done... it up. <laughs> <laughs> That was actual voice timing. (laughs) Amazing. Hey, in the news, the World Health Organization, or WHO, WHO? WHO. (laughs) That's right. Reports that in the Democratic Republic of Congo, rebels have killed four medical workers in the eastern part of the country. The deaths occurred when armed men entered a U.N. base in a place called Biakato and started shooting. According to one official, there had been warnings posted previously to all the health workers in the area to leave or, quote, face the worst. It's horrible. And the worst in the back roads of the Congo has got to be pretty bad, and sure enough, it was. Those fighting the Ebola outbreak fear that this incident is going to cause an exodus of caregivers from the area where hope was growing for an end to this epidemic. A total of more than 2,200 fatalities have been documented in what had been Well, the second worst Ebola outbreak in history, only the 2014-15 outbreak in West Africa had more deaths, more than 11,000. Incredible. Approximately 300 attacks on health care providers have occurred in 2019. To the health workers who have so far continued to provide care despite the risks of contagion and hostile locals, I say you'll never have to prove your courage in any other way for the rest of your life. Armed rebels are not the only threat. In response to fatal militia attacks on civilians, local residents actually stormed the U.N. peacekeepers camp, putting the blame on medical teams for the presence of armed factions in the area. My goodness, I think that is terrible. No, it's horrible. These people have their lives in fear every single minute while they're there. That's right. And medical personnel have been told not to report to work over there until the situation settles. Great. Well, I want to say as an aside, the Congo is also in the midst of the world's largest measles epidemic, which has killed at least 5,000 children in 2019. So we're not in the Congo. Why am I talking about this today? Well, the violence experienced by healthcare workers in Congo may also go for long-term survival scenarios, which is what we 
mostly talk about. Civil unrest, other hostile encounters, those can put a group's medic in harm's way. In situations where the rule of law is non-existent, caregivers have to determine their priorities. Now, you might think that the medic's first priority is to care for the sick and injured. In most situations, this would be perfectly reasonable. However, not all medical care will be rendered in peaceful circumstances without the rule of law. So when you're under the threat of hostile fire, the priority shifts to your own self-preservation. Simply put, I believe you do a disservice to your survival community by becoming the next casualty. You can expect to be a prize target for hostile forces, especially if you wear any medical insignia. Eliminating the medics is a great way to decrease the effectiveness of a survival group and deliver a devastating hit to morale. Doing the right thing at the right time, that is the cornerstone of what we call Tactical Combat Casualty Care, or TCCC. There's actually a committee that determines what's the appropriate thing to do and what the appropriate thing isn't to do. This doesn't always mean good medicine. In an unsafe environment, good medicine might be bad tactics. As a matter of fact, so bad that it can get you killed. The medic has to assess the situation before running into the line of fire. That just makes common sense. Now, if you don't know about the TCCC or TC3, it encompasses all appropriate field care rendered to casualties in the field from the point of injury until they are out of the danger zone and delivered to the nearest medical facility. There are three phases to TCCC. The first phase is care under fire. In the presence of others with hostile intentions, the medic has to remain engaged and determine the risks. An important goal in this case is to abolish all threats, and that means helping to provide suppressive fire if needed. What? Yes, the medic should always be armed. The best medical care when you're under fire is eliminating the enemy, and if you can't do that, you should at least try to keep their heads down and their weapons silent. If your casualty can't be reached, get them to cover immediately and stop major bleeding by using a tourniquet as a first course of action. Now, the second phase is called tactical field care. You're still in the area, but you're away from immediate danger, even if it's just behind a wall. The medic has to employ basic and advanced life support measures at this point. During this phase, the medic's going to want to establish airways, seal an open chest wound perhaps, apply a wound dressing, pack it, perhaps splint fractures if they have that kind of luxury of time and work to prevent hypothermia from shock. If you have access to intravenous lines, well, they would be placed at this point. Third phase is TACAVAC, or TACAVAC, T-A-C-E-V-A-C. <laughs> at this point, the medic focuses on further stabilization and then transport to the next highest medical resource. In normal times, this might be a field hospital or a trauma unit. And here's where the combat medic and the survival medic diverge, in my opinion. Off the grid, the field hospital for the survival medic is wherever the bulk of your medical supplies are. If you can get that person, that victim, to a more controlled environment, the medic can reassess bleeding wounds, tourniquet placement, or conversion to a more permanent dressing, provide airway management such as chest tubes if possible, treat pain, and even consider antibiotic therapy if, if it's what you should do. You sure want to have lots of supplies, but some items, I have to tell you, are not going to be as useful in hostile settings than peaceful ones. And one of those is a stethoscope. Forget trying to listen to a casualty with a stethoscope. If they're shooting around you, right, you're not going to hear any sounds whatsoever except for bang, bang, bang. 
Also, it might be unwise to use, let's say, uh, a headlamp at night. Using a headlamp at night would obviously help keep your hands free so you can treat the wounded, but you might as well be a target's bullseye. When you're under fire, therefore, your priority should be, one, abolish or suppress the threat, two, avoid exposure to enemy fire while attempting to reach your casualty, three, if you're exposed, get the casualty and yourself to reasonable cover as soon as you possibly can, and four, once there, use that tourniquet as a first course of action along with other hemostatic, that means blood clotting, methods to stop heavy bleeding. When you're under fire, apply it high and tight and don't waste precious time cutting through clothing. That's only when you're under fire. In normal circumstances, if you have an accident or a casualty for some other reason, then you do want to expose as much as possible. Last thing I want you to do is figure out a way to transport your victim and yourself away from danger and to where the most advanced medical help is going to be. Notice I didn't mention a lot about airway management or cervical spine immobilization. And while under fire, well, they may not be as required as in a safe environment. If you were in a safe environment, these would be two very basic steps in evaluation, care, and transport, right? But stopping the hemorrhage, that's going to be the most likely way you're going to save a life in a hostile scenario. You just don't have the time to do much else. Now, that part the airway management, cervical spine immobilization should happen, but it needs to happen when you're not in the hottest zone. The importance of cross-training cannot be overestimated. I think in this situation, everybody in your group should carry and know how to apply a tourniquet and other hemorrhage control items correctly and appropriately to themselves and others. Now, if the medic is a wounded party, the ability to give concise instructions to others under stress that could save a life. That is yours, as a matter of fact. If you're the medically responsible person in your group, think about what you would tell other group members to do if you were bleeding, if you broke a bone, if you were sick. The more the rest of your people know about how to deal with medical issues, the higher the chances to survive tough times. Now, one last thought I'd like to share. I have the highest respect for the military medic who has a tough job in the best of circumstances, just be sure to have a plan for scenarios where you might be the end of the line when it comes to definitive treatment and long-term care, where you might not be able to pass that person to the next highest resource. Hey, if you've got an idea for a show topic or just want to ask a cranky old goat or a pretty young lady a question, <laughs> well, don't you wait, Nate. Send us an email or sign up to connect with us in these ways. Absolutely. Email at drbonespodcast at aol.com. Find us on Twitter at Prepper Show. Our YouTube channel is Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. And our Facebook is simply Doom and Bloom. That is right. And don't forget to check out our books, our DVDs, our medical kits, and our individual supplies at store.doomandbloom.net. Remember that all of our first aid kits are eligible for your health savings account, for your FSA account. That's right. And so we have a special section on the store, as a matter of fact, for that. So you can look for that particular section and see everything that you can possibly imagine that you can use with funds from your health savings account. This is very important. It's the end of the year, so you got to use some of this stuff. Spend it on something that'll help you keep healthy and maybe save a life. Absolutely. Well, that's all we have for today. I told you this was going to be a short show. Every, <laughs> every show, we're going to have one topic. 
And we're going to try to explore that as much as we possibly can. And we want to make it easy for you guys to be able to access us and to listen to us, even if you're just on the way to work That's right. in your car. And hey, would you like to experience the joy that comes with helping the elderly? Well, I'm elderly, and you can help me, yourself, and your family by following our website at doomandbloom.net. You'll find articles, videos, podcasts, and all the supplies you'll need to succeed even when everything else fails. Just hit the subscribe button right there on top of the main page. You won't regret it. All right, thanks so much, guys. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Doom and Bloom Hour with medical preparedness experts Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. Check out our website at www.doomandbloom.net for hundreds of informative articles about survival medicine, gardening, natural remedies, medical supplies, and lots of other good stuff. Contact us, send your email to drbonespodcast at aol.com or use the contact form on the main page of the website. See you next week.